What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Red Zone Radio. It is great to be here. Great to have you. I hope you are having a great and awesome day. Got a lot to discuss today. NFL Combine was uh, is officially wrapped up, which means it is officially, officially now mock draft season. Don't worry, I got one in the works for you guys. It is gonna be uh, it, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a fun little time. Talk about uh, NFL draft. I always love this time of year. And by the way, this is a rather unique draft class. The past couple drafts, it's interesting with the draft because there are a bunch of players that you watch and you think, man, those guys could be stars, right? But at the same time, like the past couple years, we've had at least one truly standout prospect and not to say that there isn't in this draft but I think everybody I think there are a a huge uh, amount of potential um, boom or bust prospects in this draft which is really interesting not saying it's a bad thing not saying it's going to be a lot of bust, but I'm just saying, like, like last year, at the prospect level, like, you had Trevor Lawrence, the year before you had Joe Burrow, the year before you had Kyler Murray, you know, you know you've, have, you've had these good prospect guys. This year, a lot of good guys, a lot of good players, uh, but it's it just going to be interesting to kind of see how it all works out, and I'm going to break down a specific position group, so before I go on, let me just say this. I apologize. Friday, when I did the podcast, I said... Uh, I, I was talking about the speedy uh, class of receivers on Friday. And don't get me wrong, they're all still fast. But it turns out I, that was my fault. I should have looked into it. I apologize. I uh, it, it, Those were the unofficial times. I was going back and looking later. I'm like, huh, oh, those are the unofficial times. And so that kind of explains it kind of how fast you're. But nonetheless, this is still an extremely fast draft class. It's just not as quite as we thought. Turns out John Ross still holds uh, that record. But nonetheless, still extremely fast draft class, um, and uh, and you know I'm excited. Uh, we got today. Uh, we have top five. Uh, my top five receivers in this draft class. We're gonna talk a little bit of NBA basketball. Uh, LeBron James, Los Angeles, a couple other things going on. Uh, so this could be a great podcast for you guys today. Uh, and let's get started. So first of all, uh, let's talk about the. When you look at this draft, every draft class obviously has a certain position group that 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 can be above the rest. In my opinion, this year it is uh, there's a lot of good tackles, absolutely a lot of good tackles. Probably receiver. Not that there's anything new. The past few years, it's just been loaded, loaded with receiver talent. In, in specific, look, there's a lot of good receivers, but I just gotta say this: two programs in specifically have had some elite, elite receivers uh coming out in the past couple years and that is or not even i'm trying to think of the right way to word this not necessarily even in terms of uh nfl production but they are there lsu certainly is there with the nfl production i'm just talking about draft and lsu is certainly right there but ohio state and alabama um my gosh those guys have been producing receivers like crazy um it, 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 you know, you think of some of the good prospects coming out from both of those schools in the past couple of years. 
You know, you got Jerry Judy, uh, Jalen Waddle for Alabama. This you got Garrett Wilson. Uh, a couple years ago, you had Terry McLaurin for Ohio State. Uh, just a bunch of really talented, really good receivers, and uh, it should be fun. Uh, it's so those two programs are really uh, just stepping up uh, in terms of receiver, in terms of producing receivers, and just the NFL talent overall. But let's talk about. Uh, my top five receiver, and the reason why I kind of <laughs> led with that is because you're going to see in my top five, it's loaded with pretty much a bunch of Ohio State and Alabama receivers. A couple others obviously are in there, but th- those two schools are just really good at producing receivers. So let's start off here. Number one in the draft, I went back and forth on this um, a lot, and you know, I I, I was about. Two, uh, it, it was very close. Um, I, I was very close to making Jameson Williams the number one receiver in this class. However, a couple things that concern me with him, not to say that doesn't concern me with the other guys, but a couple things that concern me with him was the ace, uh, yeah, the I believe it was the ACL tier in the national championship game against Alabama. Here's why. Um, because... When you watch him, he's smaller and he's very skinny. His speed is unbelievable. He didn't even run the 40. Okay, there's a good chance he would be in everybody in the 40-yard dash. But with that being said, um, he is smaller and he could potentially get injured. Now, once again, I it's just like people say every draft class and rightfully so. It all comes down to the fit of the organization and the player. It all comes down to that. There's no denying that fact. But if Jalen but I'm sorry, if Jameson Williams goes to the wrong fit place and they don't use him properly, same with other prospects as well, I'm scared about his longevity and I'm scared about another injury that could start to affect his speed. And, and that's something that's really scary. When speed is when speed is your thing, right? You're a track guy, whatever, you're a deep threat Whatever you are, when that is your thing as a receiver, you have to keep that up. Not saying that he won't be able to keep it up. Not saying that he won't have that speed back because he's young now and uh, and his body can certainly heal. But the fact that it could potentially change and with one more injury, it could change his speed, that is a scary thought. So that is why he's not my number one. My number one is Chris Olave. And I know it's kind of different, but here's why. And I know, by the way, I, I said he ran a four two six or a four two nine. That officially, that obviously got changed. But still, he ran a blazing time, faster. And by the way, I think he's faster. At least in my opinion, he was faster than what you saw when you were watching the uh, Ohio State games or tape or whatever, because he he's so. And by the way, you heard that every single time from. Uh, uh, Gus Johnson right there in the uh, broadcast, smooth as butter, smooth as silk, because he was, that, and that's how they described him, and, and that's really how he was. He was just so smooth in and out of his routes. It didn't look like he was, it, it didn't look like he had to really accelerate that fast. He was, he, uh, Ryan Day uh, was on uh, Con Coward's The Herd last week. He said that he's the best, uh, one of the best, uh, deep ball uh, trackers that he's ever been around so he can track the deep ball very well 
blazing speed, super smooth in and out of his routes, and after the catch, he's very underrated. He is a little on the smaller side, but the thing else that I like about him is that he stayed for extra years at Ohio State, meaning he's developed more, he's, uh, you know, he's developed more in the game, and I think that's, <laughs> I, I think that could potentially uh, help him. It's because when you watch him, it's not just this, it's not just his physical skills that make him great. The smoothness and the catching and the deep ball trajectory, a lot of that is just him preparing for the game, knowing the playbook, knowing the quarterback. The other thing I really, really like about him is the fact that he had two different quarterbacks at Ohio State. Um, well, you know, technically three, but he he had that really good connection with Justin Fields last year, but he also had a good connection this year, first year quarterback, CJ Stroud. So the idea that uh, he, he's not used to playing with one quarterback, he's used to playing with multiple quarterbacks, multiple playbooks, played in college for multiple years at a high level program. I think uh, I I think it's gonna come, I think it's gonna pay dividends for him. So he's my number one receiver. Number two, Jameson Williams. Look, it, it was hard for me to decide between Jameson Williams and Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson probably has a higher ceiling. Can make circus catches. Good route runner. Um, I tell you, I remember the first time we saw Garrett Wilson blooming uh, into a star was that insane Ohio State Clemson game a couple years ago. I think we all remember that. Um, that playoff game um and Garrett Wilson made that catch on the sideline I I remember that play like I I remember that so clearly um and I think Garrett Wilson is very talented very elite uh and I think he could potentially I think his ceiling's a little higher than James Williams with that being said I just look I saw Jameson Williams just absolutely go up against the best defenses this year. Let's not forget, in the Alabama-Georgia game, national championship game, Jamison Williams was having a great first half. And I think we all remember that. And similar to the year before that, except this year it cost him the game when Devontae Smith got hurt in the first half against Ohio State. Uh, he got hurt in the first half, and it, it, Alabama ended up losing. He had a good game against them in the SEC championship game. He had a good game against them this year. And by the way, if I'm going to give props to Chris Olave about switching schools and all that, which which I think he totally deserves, let's give some, not switching schools, but switching playbooks, being called for a long time. Let's give some props to James Williams. He went from Ohio State to Alabama. Learned, learned Nick Saban's playbook, uh, Bill O'Brien's playbook, first year, new quarterback Bryce Young. It is just very, uh, very smart. Speed is obviously his main attribute, but he can run. He can run after the catch. The only thing, like I said, his biggest concern for me is his longevity. You can say that for Chris Olave too. The only thing is uh, James Williams had that injury, okay? So that is what it concerns me. But is he a factor? Absolutely. So uh, he's my number two receiver. Number three, you guessed it, Garrett Wilson. Uh, By the way, I don't think any. I don't think you're getting shorted if you get any of these guys. They all have great attributes. Garrett Wilson has is has some speed, not quite as fast as the other two, but he he's really good at. First of all, like I mentioned, circus catches, just absolute uh, hands. You can trust him no matter what. Uh, doesn't make a whole lot of mistakes. And the other thing about Garrett Wilson 
is his ability. He, he, you know, it's funny. You watch him. He's not quite as smooth as Chris Olave, and he's not quite as fast as Jameson Williams. But I think his route running in general, finding ways to get open, finding ways to help out the quarterback is huge. And he's going to, he reminds me of a Terry McLaurin uh, kind of type of player where uh, he's so smooth in and out of his breaks, uh, so smooth, can can find alleys, can find outs for the quarterback. And by the way, if you want him to, he can go deep and make some great catches. So I think Garrett Wilson is going to be a potential star. So those are my top three, but let's keep moving on here. All right, number four. It's funny because I think these two guys' playing style is very similar. He didn't run a great time in the 40, but he was Penn State's number receiver, Jahan Dotson. Um, And I tell you, the thing I respect, or not even respect, but the thing that would make me feel better about getting to Jahan Dotson, even though I don't think he's the level of prospect as these other guys, is the fact that he... Uh, did not have other great receivers around him. With Jameson Williams, he had John Metsy, he had Slade Bolden, he had other great receivers around him. With Chris Olave, he had Garrett Wilson, Jeremy Rucker. With Garrett Wilson, he had Chris Olave, uh, Jeremy Rucker. Those guys had all sorts of lead talent around him. Not to say that Jahan Dotson didn't, but he was Penn State's uh, number one receiver, number one target, without a doubt, this year. Um, and, and yeah, Penn State didn't have a great season this year, but Jahan Dotson absolutely balled out, uh, had great games against Ohio State. It's funny, Penn State has kind of become that program where uh, when you watch them, they're not quite at, you, you, know, you know, they're not quite in Ohio State or at Alabama of that level. But they are a program in which uh, they're a program in which they they produce every couple of years. They produce these these types of players that are kind of just absolute athletic freaks. Saquon Barkley comes to mind. Uh, KJ Hamler was an absolute speed uh, guy a couple years ago. These guys are absolute athletic freaks. And it's kind of a wild card, and they're not going to grade great in, all the time with a prospect grading because you don't necessarily know what to do with them. Um, but Penn State has kind of become that program in which they have players like this, and Jahan Dots can fall in that category. Jahan Dotson reminds me a lot of Garrett Wilson, but like I said, he didn't have the talent around him that Garrett Wilson had. So the defense is more toned in on getting him. So I think Jahan Dotson could be one of those players that go late in the first round, maybe early second, and players are going to be watching, and they're going to get him, and next year you're going to be watching him, and you're going to be like, man, this kid fell. You're going to be like, man, this guy fell down in the draft. He should have been drafted higher. Jahan Dotson could absolutely be an absolute monster next year in the NFL. It, it, it's going to be where it's going to be, uh, it will be fun to watch him. All right, number five. Look, I think, here's the thing. John Mechie. Uh, was a very elite receiver at Alabama, and look, let's not let's not like act like Jameson Williams did all the heavy work on that offense. John Mechie played a big part in it. Slay Bolden. I'm gonna put. Uh, see, this is hard, but per, I, I go back and forth on this. I'm gonna put 
here's 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 where I'm at with these two. David Bell from Purdue and uh John Mechie from Alabama. Once again, the thing with David Bell from Purdue is I loved the fact that he didn't have the talent around him that John Mechie had. John Mechie had Jameson Williams, John Mechie had Slade Bolden, uh John Mechie had Nick Saban as his coach. Not a knock at Purdue, but they're just not the level of program that Alabama is. So it's hard for me to 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 John Mechie is quick in out of his breaks, a good slot receiver, a great receiver in general, but he always had elite talent around him. And David Bell didn't. And David Bell put up great numbers. David Bell was it was another one of those Ron he obviously comes from the same program. He's a Rondale Moore type guy, in my opinion. So look, I, I'm gonna put David Bell at number five, but not if you get John Mechie, you're not gonna cheat it at all. But I think David Bell is just one of those guys that he can add a layer to your offense that he can add a layer to your offense in which you get a Rondale Moore type player, not quite the speed of Rondale Moore, but in which he's just that he's always going to be one of those guys that whenever you're watching an NFL game, you know, whoever he goes to, the quarterbacks will be thrown to him, and you just hear the announcers say his name 10 times a game. Oh, that one goes out to David Bell. This was three yard reception, David Bell. He's just going to be an absolute workhorse for whatever team he goes to. And, uh, Look, I, 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 that's why I'm going to put him at number five. Not to, not to say at all. If you get John Mechie, you get being cheated. All right. Um, so there you have it. My top five receivers: number one, Chris Olave; number two, Jameson Williams; number three, Garrett Wilson; number four, Jahan Dotson; and number five, David Bell from Purdue. All right. Let's talk a little bit of basketball uh, because uh, there's some. So the other day, the Lakers played the Warriors. And it's it, it's interesting, LeBron. It's funny. This is the this was the uh, article from ESPN. Los Angeles Lakers LeBron James fueled by desperation drops fifty six and comeback win, uh, and comeback win over Warriors, written by Dave uh, McBlenham McMenham. Uh, but it, it's interesting. The thing with LeBron is uh, he's at a point right now where. I, 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 he's at a point that I, he's never been in in his career, and let me explain why. He's always had in his career, he's always had an out that he could go to. Um, for example, in Miami, he, he got Kyrie, he knew Kyrie Irving was in Cleveland, Kevin Love was there, he goes to Cleveland, Right? When he left Cleveland the first time, went to Miami, he knew he could get Chris Boss and Drain Wade. Then he goes back to Cleveland. And then, of course, he goes to Los Angeles, gets Anthony Davis, gets these guys. Right? And the thing is, with LeBron James, is that he has a bunch of great... He still is an elite-level player. But he's just not at the level anymore where... For 86 times a year in a regular season, obviously you rest some of those. And then depending on how how many, unless they sweep in the playoffs, where they can just go deep in the postseason. Because he just doesn't have, his, his Los Angeles, the team, is not built for longevity in the season. They're just not. Anthony Davis gets hurt too much. Uh, LeBron James is getting, he's getting older. He's racing against time. 
and you know, and Russell Westbrook as 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 hard as he plays, you know, he's just not he's had his struggles this year. And so you look at this team, they're probably not going to make the playoffs. LeBron's getting older and to be I'm not listen, LeBron doesn't have to win another championship. All right? He's won four. The reality is if you're LeBron, you got to think in your head, look, no matter what I do, people are always going to say some people are always going to say Michael Jordan's the GOAT. Some people are going to say I'm the GOAT. Okay? Now, if that opinion and that argument really matters to you, then maybe try and try to get one more because here's the thing, and, and I'm a believer. I I am a I, I am a person that believes LeBron is the GOAT simply because of his longevity, his ability to carry franchises, not to say that Michael Jordan was a great player or anything like that. I'm not set in stone in that opinion. But let me just say this. If LeBron was able to somehow squeak out one more championship, and I don't think he's going to be able to do it in the short time. Look, over a long period of time, if he had if he had more years in him and he was younger, by all means, stay in L.A. But LeBron's, the clock is ticking right now on LeBron, right? And so he, uh, he's going to have to move on if he wants to win a championship. But like I said, he doesn't have to, okay? He's one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But if you if that argument really matters to you, like I said, and you find a way to get one more championship, five to six championships, you can no longer really say, you can no longer really use that argument like, oh my gosh, he's blowing him out of the water. No, six to four isn't a huge gap either. But six to five, all of a sudden that argument becomes airtight. That championship and rings argument that people use for Michael Jordan becomes a lot tighter because that's only one more. You know what I mean? And so... I think LeBron is, uh, if he wants to win another one, he's gonna. I think he's going to have to move on from the Lakers. Now, I'm not saying he will, but let's just say this, because there's been a lot of rumors about LeBron going to the Cavs, and I don't necessarily buy into it. But let me just say this. If you want to write the perfect Cinderella story for LeBron, he already came to back to Cleveland and won one. But if you want to write the perfect Cinderella story for LeBron James, the success the Cavs are having right now, you put LeBron on that team and they potentially go to the championship and win a championship. Now, this is a lot of ifs. But if they go to the championship, if LeBron returns to Cavs, and if he wins a championship, he could be and has finals MVP. That's a heck of a resume right there. You've got final champion, finals MVP, returning back to your hometown and winning a championship for the second time for Cleveland. Uh, that'd be huge. That would be the perfect Cinderella story, and I think that would change a lot of people's minds uh, about him being the GOAT. But look, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know what he's going to do, but I, in my opinion, I, he's going to have to move on from LA if he wants to win a championship. And like I said, he doesn't have to win a championship. But if he wants to, I think he's going to have to move on. By the way, last week I believe was John Morant. I just got to say one thing. I have been a believer in John Morant since day one, all right? Not eagle to, <laughs> uh, I, I've been wrong about a lot of players, but I, 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 that was the one, that was the one shot I called right there. I said I would take Ja over Zion. And not to say that Zion is a bad player, but he's been injured. The consistency hasn't been there. Ja Morant is a very hard player. And by the way, we don't know how his longevity is going to last. That was a big topic last week. Um, but he's, but he's getting better at shooting. If Memphis can get a couple more players, 
they could be a dangerous team, man. I, if they could just get a couple more players, John Moran's the future to build around. But if you can get a couple more players, uh, Memphis could be a dangerous team. John Morant is an absolute star. He's turning into a star. Uh, and it's good. By the way, when did we first know that John Morant in the tournament a couple years ago? And what's coming up in literally like a week? The March Madness Tournament. And we're going to be talking about that. I love, love, love March Madness, as I'm sure any sports fan does. We'll be breaking that all down. This man, this is a great time of year, huh? NFL draft, uh, NFL mock drafts all over the place. March Madness, spring football uh, is coming up. I, I will, I'll have to, we'll have to see that, see how good that is. But a uh, yeah, great time of year to be a sports fan. And of course, the NFL draft end of spring and NBA playoffs after that. So uh, we're set for a while in the world of sports. Uh, thank you, everybody, so much for listening. Uh, before you go, and uh, and I appreciate you for listening this much, but before you go, I'd just like to share something with you. Uh, uh, a Bible verse from John 14.1, uh, and it says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. This is Jesus talking. Uh, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I think... And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going, and how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. All right, so you might be thinking, like, what does that mean? So basically, what Jesus is saying here is, uh, look, he's saying he's the way, the truth, and life. And this world is, you know, if you're listening to this, I know this isn't what you uh, listen for, but I appreciate if you're still listening to this, I appreciate you listening uh, because I believe that God wants you to listen to this. I believe that God wants you to hear about his son, Jesus. And uh, look, basically what he's saying is you can't, many people think you get to heaven by being a good person. And that that's just not the case because we are all, we've all done evil. We've all done bad things. And if you stand in a court of law, right? Let's say you murdered somebody. I know you're saying I didn't murder somebody, but this is the example. Let's just say you murdered somebody, and you stay in a court of law, and you say, uh, well, I'm sorry. You know, I murdered this person, but I've done a lot of good stuff. I donated to the poor. The judge can't let you off because he's a just judge, and God is a just judge. And uh, on judgment day, when you stand before him, and you're, if you just, if he's a just judge, he can't let you go because you say, well, I did good things because you know, you got to pay a penalty for it. Well, Jesus came down and he died. God came in human form in Jesus and he died on the cross for your sins and for mine. And he's saying, and that's why he's saying the only way through the father is through me. The only way to get to heaven is through me because I am the life is what he's saying. And so when he says this, he he's saying, look, I took your punishment. All you got to do is repent of your sins and trust that Jesus took your punishment. You say, "Well, I don't know. I don't. I'm not ready to do that. I don't know if it's true or not." Look, I know if you if you've been running for God, or you don't know this. You're probably feeling a weird feeling right now, feeling conviction or whatever. And I believe that's the Holy Spirit in you. And and uh, the Holy Spirit can really come inside of you and live with you if you give your life to Jesus. And so, if you want to do that, 
a couple of things first of all uh, if you're struggling with faith, I encourage you to check out crossexamined.org or go to YouTube, crossexamined. Frank Turek has a bunch of videos. Any questions you have about God, he can, he can, I promise you, if you watch those videos, uh, he can prove to you that God exists. Uh, th- that's first of all. And secondly, uh, if you, if you, if you want to get started in your Christian walk, uh, go ahead, DM me on Instagram at Red Zone Radio, and I uh, hope you, you know, read the Bible. If you if you think about starting to read the Bible, I personally suggest starting in the Gospels. That's in the New Testament. Start in Matthew um, and read through those. But the most important thing to read in those, first of all, uh, is is the end of them, uh, which is where Jesus died on the cross and rose again because He took victory over death. He took your punishment. All you have to do is trust in him that he took your punishment and follow him. And when you read the Bible and you and you know about Jesus, uh, I promise you it will change your life. So please, I encourage you to do that. And if you would, I'd just like to say a prayer for you. Please pray with me. Dear Father, I ask that you touch this person's heart, whoever is listening to this. Maybe they've been running from you. Maybe they've been hiding. Maybe they don't know a lot about you. But please touch their hearts. Please guide them in their decision making. Please help them. Uh, to follow you and please uh, touch your hearts in Jesus name. Amen. If you are still listening, I really appreciate it. Uh, I, you know, it's very nice. I appreciate you listening. And uh, I hope I, I hope that this kind of touches your heart and, and, you, and you think about this deeply. Um, with that being said, I appreciate you listening to this episode of Red Zone Radio. Have a great day, everybody. God bless. And I'll see you next time on Red Zone Radio.